Now, if you're like me and you're like, I have no idea what the Apostles' Creed is, well, I'm glad that you're here this morning as well because this is going to be for you. And so whether you have heard the Apostles' Creed or whether you've never heard the Apostles' Creed, here's my hope for you is that, that, uh, that as we go through it, that there, there would be a, um, an excitement in your life for who God is. Is. Now, I do also want to say that it's important to understand that the Apostles' Creed, it doesn't hold any spiritual authority in our lives. Amen, somebody? Let me, let me finish what I, what I was trying to say. It doesn't hold any spiritual authority in our lives, but it reflects, it, it shines light on, on the Word of God that does hold spiritual authority over our lives. And so I guess what I'm trying to say, if I was to word it differently, that the Apostles' Creed, like it is not in place of the Bible, but it shines a light to the person of Jesus who's in Scripture. And so it's going to be great. It's going to be, I promise you, after today, you're going to, you, you'll understand this a little bit better, and you won't be so hesitant because you're like, what did I step into today? Um, and so we're going to be, our opening verse is going to be Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, and verse 19. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. And while you go there, I, I, I want us to read the, the creed, and, and I'll explain a little bit more of what this looks like, um, of, of why this is so important to us. But here's the Apostles' Creed. It'll be on the screen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. We'll talk about that in that week. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church. Now, let's hold on for a sec. Some of you are like, wait, we're Catholic? No, we're not Catholic. Um, but that word, uh, that's a Greek word, and, and that, that, that word Catholic, what it means is universal or, or another word, like whole. And so what, what the creed is saying that, that the, the whole church, the entire church, um, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting, amen or amen. <laughs> you choose your own adventure. So Ephesians chapter 2. In verse 19 through 20, it says this. The Apostle Paul writes this. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. So he's writing to those who, who uh, were Gentiles, non-Jewish people who, who, who were, were not included originally with the, the gospel, the good news. But Paul is saying, hey, you were foreigners, but that's not you anymore. You now have a seat at the table. You're now part of, of, of the community of Jesus' followers. And then he says in verse 20, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. So you were foreigners at one point, but now because of Jesus, you, you are connected into this body. And this body is created and founded on Jesus, the cornerstone. So this idea that the apostles and the prophets, that, that, that the cornerstone of Jesus revolves around, and that is the foundation of our faith. 
And so this morning, I want to briefly talk to you from the first portion of the creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, I, I feel the tension in this room. Some people are like, what the heck is happening? And, and so, God, I pray right now that you would speak to their hearts, God. Lord, we thank you for this word. We thank you for, for what uh, is going to be magnified in this word, God. Lord, we pray that, Holy Spirit, that you would be our guest of honor. We want to leave here changed. We want to leave here better, but not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. So we thank you, we love you, we honor you. In Jesus' name, come on, everyone say it. Amen. amen, amen. So my son and I, we, my eldest, we did a road trip recently. And uh, we are, we're, in the, we're on the road, we're, we hit Highway 5, you know, that stretch where there's nothing there. And I felt the liberty to speed just a little. And as I was speeding, um, what I saw at the corner of my eye was a highway patrol officer and I said oh my gosh so I did what all of you guys would probably have done you would have slammed on your brake just a little uh, apparently I slammed on the brakes too late because the sirens went uh, up in my in my um my mirror what is that called my rear view mirror and I was like oh man this stinks so my son and I we pull over uh, my son has never been pulled over before I this is like my second time so it's a little intense in the car Okay. He's like, Dad, what did you do? I was like, I, just, I don't know. So the officer comes over to the, my son's side of the window, and he looks at my son. He looks at myself. He looks at the vehicle that we're driving. We're driving this minivan. We put down the seats just, you know, just to relax. And, um, and, and he, he, he looks at us, and he looks at the car, and he says, Sir, can you step out of your vehicle? I was like, Eli, he's talking to you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, of course. So I, I get out of my car. He's like, can you, can you please go to, uh, to, to my vehicle? And at this point, I'm like, what is happening? Like, I feel like God puts me in these weird predicaments so I can share these stories with you. <laughs> and, um, and so, like, I'm standing there. We're off the highway, Highway 5. Um, I'm like, I hope nobody drives by. You know, like, they see me. That They go to the church, and they see me, and I'm standing in front of this highway patrol officer's car, and I'm, I'm a little wigged out, you know, just because I've never been asked to to, to, to step out of the car. And um, so the officer, he proceeds to say, what, what are you, like, why are you, why, what are you doing? What's your story? And I told him, I was like, I'm doing this road trip with my son, but, and I go into major detail, okay? He's like, he, he's like, he's like a little TMI, right? And, and, and so, so he says, he says this to me. He says, he says, is that your son in the car? And I was like, yeah, yeah, that, that's my son. He says, God is my witness. He says, is that your biological son? Now, 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 see, like, you may, this may not mean anything to you, but for those that, that, that don't know my son, your boy right here, he's, I'm caramel, you know, like, I, I'm that, I'm that sweet milk chocolate, but, but my son, he's a little vanilla. I'm not, he's a lot vanilla, okay? And so, 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 so I get what he was saying. He was like, yo, you like, you don't look like his, your biological son. And I said this, I said, yes, his biological mother is white, my wife, you know? And so we're having this conversation. He's okay. So he, he's like, I need you to stay here, sir. And he goes over to my son and he talks to my son just to validate what I'm trying to say. He comes back. He's like, all right, I'm just going to give you a warning. You know, you just drive slower next time. I said, yes, sir. Yes, officer. So I, this, this whole thing happened. God is my witness again. So I'm telling this story to, to, to someone because I'm like, 
I, you know, like it's, it's like stripes on my badge. I got pulled out of my car. And, and so, so I'm, telling, I'm telling someone this story, okay? And they stopped me right in the middle of my story. And they said, they said, uh, oh, if I was you, I would have been livid. I would have been so mad. And then they said this to me. They said, were you mad? I bet you were. And I said this. I said, uh, actually, I wasn't mad. And, and I said, I said this, I said, because I understood the issue with the, the, what the officer was, was thinking. I, like, I understand why the officer, he probably thought I was shipping this little boy off to Mexico. Come on, somebody. And, and, and like, and so like, I was like, I understand why he did this. In fact, and this is what I said to him, I understand it even more so, and this is what I need you to get. I understand it because he real, the officer saw that the son did not look like the father. Now, there were similar traits, but for the most part, he saw a, dark, or a milk chocolate daddy and a little vanilla wafer boy, okay, like... Like he saw that there, that there was a difference in appearance. Now here's why I'm telling you this. Because the Apostles' Creed, what we just read, it was created by some apostles to address that very thing, that the, the idea that, hey, we, we have to create some type of literature, some type of document, that says, this is what it looks like when you are a follower of Jesus. And so what, what we see is in the first century of the church, the early church, Jesus, he died, he resurrected, he ascended into heaven. The apostles, the, 12, the, the original OGs, they, they, were, uh, they, they went and, and they did what Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Go, and, go throughout all the world, Judea, Jerusalem, to the ends of the earth. But eventually they died off. But during this time period, man, people were getting radically saved. They were, they were being baptized. And there were all kinds of people. Like people that were from different, different religions and different backgrounds. And they were all finding Jesus. And at some point, some of the apostles were like, hey, we, we got to do something to make sure that, that we have a foundation for all these new converts. And so, so they, 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 some apostles, they, they, they came together and like, we, we need to lay this foundation. We, we need to create this literature so that people understand that when they make a decision to follow Jesus, that, that they know that, hey, this is what I am saying that I believe. Because they understood that eventually, if there was no foundation, then eventually... It was going to look crazy. Everyone was going to have their own ideology and thoughts of what it looked like. And they would bring it in. So they crafted what we just read, the Apostles' Creed. And so the word creed comes from the Latin word credo, which means to believe or I believe, we believe. And so, so, he, so, so they crafted this, this, this statement this, of, of what they believed, of their faith. Now, before we jump into the first section of, of this creed, of this I believe statement, this foundation no statement of our faith, 
Uh, I want to give you three reasons why, real quick, three reasons why this creed is vital or is important to you and to me. Because still, some of you guys, you, you're probably thinking, like, I still don't get this. So I'm going to give you three reasons. The first, the first reason is this. The first reason is this. What you build on matters. What you build on matters. The verse that we read in Ephesians chapter 2, our opening verse, it starts off, and, and he, says, he says, like you were, like now that you're part of this, now that you're part of this, of this faith, uh, now that you're part of, of, this, of this, uh, this Christian faith, he writes um, that, 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 that here, here's what it looks like now. Here is the foundation of your faith. And the Apostle Paul writes, it was built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets that, is, that revolves around the cornerstone, Jesus Christ. What you build on matters. Friends, you have to understand that when we built this church, Discovery specifically, that we built this on the foundation, not of wanting to be a trendy church, not a church that, that we want to fit into culture and get accepted by culture. But we built this church on the foundation of Jesus Christ. We built this church on the idea that, that Jesus is the cornerstone. And everything else we build on top of that. What you build your foundation on matters. Here's the second reason why the creed is, is, is why we're looking at it this morning is because the creed connects us to something greater. It connects us to something greater. Like it's so easy to come here on a Sunday morning and, 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 and to just like think, oh, what I'm, I'm worshiping and, and I'm just doing. It's like this small little thing like I wonder how many of my friends are worshiping at, at church on Sunday too. But this idea, man, that your faith, your Christian faith, it has roots, y'all. It goes deep. That thousands of years ago there were people worshiping God just like you. There were people that were building their faith on the cornerstone of who Jesus was, just like you. And so, so what we're doing here is not brand new, but like we are connected to something greater. We're connected to something deeper. Your faith has roots. And here's the third reason why we're, we're doing this is because what you believe matters. What you believe matters. If I was completely honest with you, part of the reason why I was like, oh, man, I, wa I, want us, I want us to rally around, around this, this idea of what we believe. Because just like me, I'm sure everybody and their mom is a Christian these days. Now, please, no, I'm not, I'm not throwing shade. I'm not judging. I don't want any emails because I'm not going to read them anyways. Like, <laughs> like I'm not throwing shade. Like, but everybody's like, yo, I'm a Christian. And if you would ask somebody, hey, what is a Christian? The American definition of a Christian would be, I believe in God. Okay? I believe in God. Well, James 2, 17 says even the devil believes in God. So by that very definition, your belief in God is as good as the devil's. What? There has to be something greater, something deeper. That what you believe matters, what you are rooted in matters. That, that, that we got to be part, that we have to believe in something that is, that is foundational to our faith. That we're not driven by culture. Come on, somebody. 
We're not driven by, by our friends or, 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 or our, what, like, like our neighbors or our coworkers or our prophet. Like we, like what you believe matters. That it has to be greater. Like this idea, like I, what I believe matters. And so what we're going to do, we're going to go through this, this, this creed. And, and here's what I love. What's in the creed is, is, again, it shines light onto what's in here already. And so, so we're, we're looking at the creed. And, and, and the first part we're looking at is I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Now, I want to point out that the creed starts with the word I. In fact, in fact, what, what, what would happen in the early church is that when someone would, 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 would be baptized, they would have to stand in front of everybody, excuse me, and they would have to recite this creed. And what I find fascinating about this creed is that it doesn't say we believe, but it says I believe. Friends, can I say that at some point, like your spouse may have brought you to church, your boyfriend, your girlfriend may have brought you to church, like your mama introduced you to church, but at some point, your faith is going to have to go from we to me to I. That, that like it's good that, that you, it started somewhere, like someone brought you to church, it's amazing that it started off with we, but eventually you got to move to I believe. At one point, we're all going to stand before the throne of God, and we can't be like, well, you know, my church disco, we believe. No, God's going to be like, what did you believe? And so, so we got to get to this place where, where we're not like, it's, it's like you can start there. I'm glad someone brought you to church. I'm glad your grandma prayed over you. I'm glad that, that your parents brought you to church, but at some point, our faith has to become our own. At some point, my, my faith has to be what I believe. And here's the second part of it. The creed says, I believe. I believe. Now, this is great because the apostles, they could have said, I know. I, but Here's what I think. You can know something, but never change. But when you believe something, it dictates your actions. Like we know, we know, we know that cigarettes are going to hurt your lungs. But just because I know, we know that eating donuts and sugars is not probably good for us. But, the, but there is something about not just knowing, but knowing. Like, I don't want to just know something, but I want to know, I want to believe it so much so that it's, it's changing the trajectory of my life. I wonder this morning if the reason why so many people my age, 25, shut up, <laughs> uh, whatever. Believe that. There you go. So many people my age, why they're like, man, forget Christianity, was because they were surrounded with people that knew, but they didn't know. They knew scripture. They knew how to pray, but they never allowed scripture to affect their life, to change their actions, 
to change the words. Friends, I want us to be a church that we know the word of God, but it permeates deep within our spirit and in our hearts so that it changes everything about us. I don't want to just know, but I want to believe. And so it says, scripture says, I believe. And then it gets into what we are believing in. And then it starts off with this. And we're going to break down each three. It says, it says I believe in God the Father. We got Matthew chapter 6 up here. I think, yeah, Jesus, he's, he's teaching his disciples how to pray, and this is what he says. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven. I love that. Our Father in heaven. Now, I want you to see this because I think it's fascinating. Prayer is what? Communicating with God, right? And so, so in essence, what Jesus is saying to his disciples, hey, when you have a conversation, when you introduce yourself to God, here is the title that I want you to approach him with. See, title sets expectation, right? Like if you met someone, they're like, I am Professor Blah. You're like, oh, Professor Blah. You know, like, or I am Dr. Whatever. You know, like there's like this, like, oh, like I probably got to watch what I say. I probably can't say yo or like, you know, that's, and, and, and so, so the title sets expectation. And so Jesus, he's like, hey, here's how I want you to, uh, to address God when you have a conversation with him. I want you to call him father. Now, here's why I think this is important. Remember, title set expectation. And the title is one of intimacy and not intimidation. Now, here's the problem a lot of us have. We don't see God with the title of intimate. We see the God of intimidation. And how you title God will determine how you approach him. And Jesus is like, hey, I need you to see, apostles, that when you go to God, when you, when you converse with God, that, that I want you to see him through the lens of a father. Now, for some of you in this room, you're cringing a bit because you didn't have a great relationship with your father. Maybe for some of you, your father left, your father walked out, like maybe you saw him do crazy things and you're like, I cannot associate God the father with my earthly father. And if that's you, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. But at some point, I need you to, to believe that the earthly father is no measure to our heavenly father. That your earthly father may have let you down, but your heavenly father won't let you down. Your earthly father may have left you, but your heavenly father won't leave you. Come on, somebody. And, and, this, and, and so, so this idea, the, the, the creed is someone, remember, they're standing in front of everyone and they're saying, I believe in God the Father. Okay, that's great. And then here's the second thing it says, I believe in God the Father almighty. Ooh, I love this. In Genesis chapter 17, when God, uh, when God introduces himself to Abram, he, he, he says this, when Abram was 99 years old, hello, uh, the Lord appeared to him and said, 
I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. I, I want you to focus on the part where it says, I am God Almighty. Now, like, God could have told Abram, he could have said, um, Abram, I am God. God, God, God. And, and he could have just put a period right there. But he didn't. He said, Abram, I am God Almighty. Now see, in Joshua chapter 25, 24, excuse me, it says that Abram and his father worshiped other gods before they were introduced to God. Now this is significant because the gods at that time, they were all very specific. So there was a God for fertility. There was a God for rain. There was a God for crops. There was a sex God. There was like all kinds of gods. But they were specific to a certain area, to a certain lane. So I think if God was like, Abram, um, I am God. It's very easily, Abram could have been like, what God? What, what God are you? But God said, Abram, I am God almighty, which means that I am mighty in all areas of life. That Abram, you don't need just a single God. You have access to almighty God. That everything that you are dealing with, I am sufficient for you. Are you getting this? Like I am God almighty. That, that, that you are used to having a God that, that you're just focused on this or this, but God's like, I will take care of it all. I will be your hope. I will be your peace. I will be your healer. I will be your provider. You don't need many gods. You don't need your crystals. Hello. You don't need your Ouija board. Hello. You don't need your palm red. Hello. I am God almighty. I am God almighty. I am God Almighty. And so, 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 so the Apostles' Creed, they're standing in front of the church and they're like, I believe in God. I believe in God the Father. I believe that He's Almighty, that He's that He's all I need for every situation. And then he and then this, this says this in the Creed: Creator of heaven and earth. Now, for some, you're like, okay, I can do Father, I can do Almighty, but creator of heaven and earth. I find it fascinating. John, Genesis, excuse me, chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning. So the very first book in your Bible, the very first chapter, the very first verse, it talks about how God created. No, nothing created God, but God created. God was the beginning, he is the end, the alpha, the omega. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And as you read the creation story in Genesis chapter 1, what you'll discover is that there, God created with so much rhythm in order, in intentionality. In fact, as, as you read the creation story, it's, it's almost as if God knew what he was doing. Because day one, he said, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to create night and day. 
Now, he could have just said, day one, I'm going to create human, person. But that would have been crazy because they would have been walking around butt naked like, can't see a thing. But God created, when he created, he created with order. He created with intentionality. That like it wasn't just an accident or, or happenstance, but he created with intention in mind. And if he created the earth and the world in mind, he created with you, you with intention, with you with purpose, you, you for a reason. He created you, he created you out of order. He created the earth out of order, or not out of order. He created the earth from order. He, it, it wasn't two rocks that collided and was like, poof. There it is. No, no, he spoke. You weren't from goo to you, from the way to the zoo. Like, no, 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 he spoke you into existence. He created you on purpose. He created you with, with the plan. He created you in order. He created you with vision in mind. He created you. And I know what you're thinking because I know it goes, this, this idea that God creates, it goes against culture norms. I get it. It goes against what your professor may have told you. It goes against maybe what your most recent Google search has told you. <laughs> he said facts. And it might, it, it, it might not, like, you, it might be hard for you to, like, wrap your mind around this. But I didn't write it. I'm just here to, to, to just share the message that God has, that he was creator of heavens and earth, that he created you with a purpose. And I know, like, it's easy to be like, but, like, how long was a day? Was a day, like, a thousand years? Was it one year? Like, what? And I think we get it wrong. Because the creation story in Genesis was not about the age of rocks, it's about the rock of ages, somebody. It's about Jesus Christ, the cornerstone, that, that, he, cre that he, he created us, you, myself, those that are viewing us online, he created you with order. And, and, and for, for a lot of us, I know this takes faith. And eventually we can start off with, we believe, <laughs> like I know my pastor believes it, I don't know if I believe it, but eventually it has to go from we to I believe and so they would stand in front of the church and the band can come up they would stand in front of, of of the community and they would say before they were baptized they would stand and they would say I believe in God the father almighty creator of heaven and earth and this morning, you might be thinking, why, why, why is this so important, John? And what I would say to you is because there are a lot of voices today that are calling to you, hey, flourishing this way. You want peace this way. You want hope this way. There's so many voices trying to pull us 
And while at the same, well, while, while these voices are, are saying, hey, come this way, God is over here. He's saying, hey guys, come this way. Flourishing this way. Flourishing the peace this way, hope this way, joy this way. And this morning, I believe God is saying to you and to me, to our hearts, hey, this way. So why would I ever choose God over the, the numerous different ways that is calling for my attention? And it's because first off, He is God the Father. So that means He loves you. He wants to have this intimate relationship with you. But he's not just Father, he's Almighty. So like, his might is over all. And then if that's not enough, well then, he's the creator of heaven and earth. He created you. And who knows the creation better than the creator? And so this morning, again, you can, if you're like, we believe right now, hey, more power to you, keep showing up. We're praying for you. Bring your skepticism, bring your doubt, come. Like, it's okay. C come, we're praying for you. Because again, my job is not to convict you. That's the Holy Spirit's job. And so I'm just saying, Holy Spirit, would you just speak to each and every one of our hearts this morning? So you can start with we believe, but my heart is that eventually we would be able to say, I believe.